Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 38 of the Caesar Show. I'm back at it again. I've been pretty busy. I actually just moved into my new apartment last week, and um, literally right when I moved in, um, I went to Chicago for a couple days, so I've been pretty busy. I actually just got Wi-Fi the other day, um, so I know I haven't been posting weekly, but I'm here. I'm settled down. Um, everything's been going good, so that's great news. And to my fans and my new incoming fans, I just want to thank you guys for tuning I think this is going to be another great episode um, And what I always like to do is I like to recap you guys on our past episode So on episode 30 of the Caesar show I have my boy AJ Holiday come up here You know, we just had yeah, a great discussion You know, I got to know him a little bit more But we just talked about a lot of things And some highlights <laughs> This guy Dwight Howard said he wanted to mirror his game After KD and Anthony Davis That shit geeked um, Wade was talking about contemplating retiring uh, Ben Simmons had comments on You know, going against Boston uh, Kawhi was spotted working out with Katie and Bron It was just like a lot of topics going on And it was a really, really good episode But like I said before I definitely want to always give you guys another You know, fun-filled episode So I'm pretty excited today I'm going to have one of my boys up here Before I even introduce him or whatnot he doesn't even realize it. Like, I've been trying to get him on this show for a long time. Um, this is my boy Jamal Smalls. Before even I like, you know, I officially introduce him. Uh, yeah, this dude, you know, he's a Lakers fan, unfortunately, but I'll be following the Lakers a little bit too. Um, but this dude's a pretty, pretty cool dude, very, very, very knowledgeable, and he's one of um, the few people that I actually like respect 100 percent when it comes to just talking pure basketball, whether it be the NBA or pickup or whatever. Um, this dude knows his shit. Um, so I just want to let you know that. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Jamal Robinson. Thank you, thank you so much. See, uh, actually hearing that made me feel pretty good. But uh, yeah, once again, my name is Jamal Robinson. I've known C, geez, what, five years now? Yeah, five, yeah. five six years. Yeah. We, do, we meet, do we meet freshman year or sophomore year? I want to say we met sophomore year in college. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got the high top fade and all that. With the yeah, little, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As you know, times have changed now. You know, we're in corporate America, so things are a little different. But um, yeah, I mean, once again, just great energy, great vibes. Uh, you know, we always hit it off when it comes to sports, so I'm happy to be here and happy to finally be on the show. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I get to video so you know, you definitely don't have to come back up here, too. But um yeah, let's let's go ahead and start it, man. So um, I'm I'm ready to get straight into it. So the first thing I want to talk about is D Wade's farewell tour. So he just came out on YouTube the other day and he just talked about how this is going to be his final go around. Um, he's he's about to retire, man. He's had a great 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 run, um, and I, and I'm proud of him. How many years has he been playing in the league now? Man, I, I couldn't even tell. He you. came in '03. Yeah. So that's 2003, that's 10 years, and then from three to eight, that's about 16 years? Something like that. Something like that. I think, <laughs> I think I'm a little right, but dude's been in the league for 16 years, and just to highlight, you know, his stats, you know, it's a 12-time All-Star. Um, he won the gold in 08. I remember he had that little ball, ball head like Michael Jordan in Beijing, three-time NBA champion, won a finals MVP. No one can ever forget him being down 2-0 against Dallas, and I think he was down about 14 points with six minutes and 42 seconds ago uh, in game three, and he just went on some other shit, and I think he averaged damn near like 35, 5-5 five and five or whatever. Um, but I, like I told AJ Holiday, you know, um, my last episode, that really, that really felt like 
he really felt like he was my Michael Jordan for that small time. Obviously, like you said, before we even started recording this, um, a lot of these moments, we couldn't really process a lot of things. But I think that's around that time, around I would say around like 05, that's when I actually started to slowly process basketball a lot. Um, and to see what he did on on the grandest stage of them all, that, that, really, meant, that really meant a lot to me. Um, but his legacy is crazy. Um, I think he's going to go down as, I say right now, the third best shooting guard of all time. Number one, you got obviously MJ. Two, you got your boy Kobe. Um, but I put him right there at number three. Um, just what he made, just what he did for this game um, just really goes unnoticed a lot. Um, truly one of the best. Um, I think one of the biggest takeaways when I think of D-Wade, I think of AK, you know, the the name that Shaq gave him, Flash. Um, I think of his competitiveness. I think of his will to win and and, and first and foremost, letting us know that money isn't everything. This is a guy that sacrificed a lot. And when I say that, too, you know, he sacrificed a lot to be able to win, be able to compete. Um, a lot of people often, you know, want to go after the money. And I don't even think he really truly got his full worth um, since he's been playing with Miami Heat. Um, so I think the most he actually got paid was when he signed that two-year deal with the Bulls. Uh, I think it was two years, 40 mil, right? Um but before that, he basically took a pay cut, um, kind of got the max a little bit. I think each player got 16.6 mil with uh, Chris Bosh and LeBron James. But he made the sacrifice because he wanted to win, um, and and it was good, and it was dope. You know, he went to four straight finals appearances. Um, unfortunately, could have won three or four, I'd say. But everyone's gonna forget that Dallas one. They're just gonna put the asterisk on LeBron. But uh, how how what are your thoughts and 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 how do you feel on D Way's career, man? I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, D Wade to me has been, you know, someone you watch, you know, every, night in, night out. You know, besides me being a Kobe fan, it's mm-hmm. it's always been D Wade there. Uh, there's no question about that. I think that he has definitely cemented his legacy, um, especially, of course, that winning that finals by himself, yeah. and then, of course, even with Ron there. I think that you know they definitely put where we are today as far as the NBA, they kind of put that on the map. And I know a lot of people, a lot of people hate the idea of these super teams. And, you know, quite frankly, it is something that's going to be scrutinized. It's going to be heavily talked about. And that's just the way we are now. And that's, I mean, they started that. They kind of built that foundation. But Mm -hmm. I definitely think D-Wade has definitely cemented himself in top three shooting guards. You know, MJ, of course, Kobe. Mm -hmm. And then him, you know, he's definitely – defensively just been there you know he's I think he's like the leading shooting guard with blocks or something like that Um, and I think to talk about the max deal I think I I saw some fact that he's actually never gotten a max deal you know as long as he's been in the league he hasn't gotten a max deal and I think I think that's what I saw I think that's right so you Mm -hmm. know just to to hear that stat there too is that's commendable I mean like you said it goes beyond the money and I think what we see now is a lot of the younger players are going after the money right away, mm. whereas when the generation that's kind of going out with D-Wade in them, they're, they're about loyalty to an organization, about building up and kind of just doing what it takes to win. Mm. You know, And I think that, once again, that stuff is, is commendable. And honestly, to talk about that, I don't, I don't really blame some of the players now leaving these teams, not showing that loyalty. Yeah. Because as you can see, the league is cutthroat. Uh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? We saw what happened with Toronto and uh, DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the league is definitely cutthroat. But, you know, just once again, to have a player for, what, 16 seasons, what, and only be two away or something like that, mm-hmm. it, for that organization, what he's done for the league, like, it's just, it's just great. And I think he absolutely deserves it. Um, you know, same with Kobe when he went out. I think he deserved it. 
Um, and a lot of people agreed with that. And I think there's no question a lot of people will agree with this farewell tour. Yeah. yeah, I was about to ask you about that. Like, what are your old thoughts on farewell tours? Do you think only certain players should get it? I remember, obviously, this isn't a farewell tour when Isaiah Thomas basically got traded to the Cavs um, and he went back to Boston. He wanted a little tribute, player tribute video. So, essentially, with the farewell tour is when you go and play the team the last time on the road, they give you like a little tribute video. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? See, my thing is with, with this is you got to think about it. D-Wade's been playing at a high level since he's been in every the league year, yeah. every year. Um, and I think the difference between, once again, him and Isaiah Thomas is that, <laughs> you know, surprisingly enough, like when, when this happened, this kind of tour thing, Isaiah was like, he's been in the league for years prior to that. Yeah. You know, and he wasn't playing at a high level, but yeah. he definitely had an MVP caliber season uh-huh. um, without a question, without a doubt. He really put the Celtics on the map and yeah. it definitely helped them along the way to get that, what, number one seed, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, number one seed. Um, you know, in, in the sense of a farewell tour, I think that what we've seen with Kobe is like, once again, the loyalty, but the high impact and, you know, just being able to perform night in, night out. Same thing with D. Wade. Um, and I think going forward, as far as some of the younger players, I'm not sure. It just depends, really. A lot of these players are moving around a lot. So it's kind of hard to give them a farewell tour for, you know, organization you haven't been there that long with. So um, I think for, for, for going forward, it, it depends on how long you've been with an organization. Um, now, at the NBA, I mean, you're thinking, like, what they've done to the game and so forth. I, you know, I'm sure it might not be a – I don't know. I, I don't know if it will be a farewell tour, but it will be something in recognition for what they've done to the game. But once again, a farewell tour, I think it it's all about that – that time, that tenure, the time spent with that organization, um, for them to give that to you. So I think you know definitely deserves it. Okay, cool. I like that. Um, so next topic I want to talk about is definitely um, some Hall of Fame. You know, players that went into the Hall of Fame this year. Um, so we got Grant Hill, we got Jason Kidd, we got Steve Nash, and we got Ray Allen as well too. Um, so I want to spend a little bit of time, just a minute or two, just you know, commending them, talking about their you know career um, objectives and whatnot, what they accomplished and whatnot, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just get straight to that. Um, so first and foremost, I want to talk about uh, Grant Hill. Um, so obviously, like you said beforehand, we weren't really at that age where we can process certain things, but I'm going to still give my guy some love. Um, so for many of you guys who don't know, Grant Hill, um, basically they said back in the day he was kind of like LeBron before LeBron. Um, he for I think for his career average... He um, averaged 17 points per game, six rebounds, four assists, and basically shot 48% from the field. Um, He was a seven-time All-Star, co-rookie of the year with Jason Kidd. Um, And I remember he was the number one pick coming out of Duke. I think he won two national championships as well, too. Um, And I think his first six seasons with Detroit before, obviously, he started messing up his ankle and having other minor injuries that were nagging. Um, He averaged 22, 8, and 6. So, homie was nice. and I never really got to, I never really thought about him like that in a way, but I started watching a lot of his highlights and, and he was, he was really, really, really good. Um, it just sucks how players get robbed of injuries and you just think of what could have been. Um, and I think if he never got injured, I think obviously he would be playing at a higher level, but I think he would have, you know, helped the team get to what it needed to be. Uh, what are your thoughts on Grant Hill's career from what you can remember, what you have seen, you know, online or whatever? Oh, definitely. I mean, Grant Hill, I mean, like you said, it was he was talked about as being dominant when he got into the league. Yeah. Um, and it, it shows. I mean, putting up those numbers his first six seasons is quite impressive. 
mm-hmm. in itself, um, co-rookie of the year. I mean, I think it's one of those things, just like with a T-Mac, you know, that injury play, it just got him, you know, and yeah. it's unfortunate, but it, it's, a part of the, it's a part of the game. Um, and I think now, in today's generation, like, taking care of your health and just, you know, the trainers, like, making sure that your body is where it needs to be, I think that's like highly considered now and it's a heavy emphasis on it. I'm not I'm not going to downplay how it was back then of course, but I think now like because of some of these injuries that we've saw like growing up like it's definitely heavily emphasized now. Um as far as you know as what I've seen, I've seen some t- some tapes, some footage, you know what I'm saying, but once again, you know, it was one of those times where I, I don't really have that much recollection <laughs> yeah, on it. Yeah, but yeah. once again, I've heard so many great things about him, you know, it go it doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah. And going even going into our next guy, Jason Kidd. Um, just to highlight his career a little bit, averaged 13 points per game, nine assists, six rebounds, and was actually the number two pick, like I said, behind um, Grant Hill. Um, and then they actually, like I told you before, shared co-rookie of the year. Um, and with him, you know, he went to the finals three times. Um, I think one time he lost to the Spurs, and then the other time, did he lose to, did he lose to the Lakers? Because I think he went he went in 0-2 and 0-3. So 0-2 and 3 was what? We, we won. Players. We won. T- you guys won 2000. 2000, 2001, 2002. Yeah. So he beat y'all, and then we beat him the year after. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he finally got a ring in 2011. Um, but one thing that's going to stand about stand out about his game was his ability to not really be a heavily his ability to be a scorer, not be a scorer. Um, he just affected the game in different ways, and I love how he always set up his players and put them in position to be most successful, and, we, and he proved that with his career. Um, and another fact that I didn't know, um, well, I did know he used to be called Ace and Kid. Apparently, they used to joke on him because he didn't have a J. Um, but apparently, by the time he retired, he was top 10 all time with three points made. Um, that's actually kind of sick. <laughs> that's actually crazy. Uh, what you, any thoughts on uh, Jason Kidd, what, what he did for the game, or anything like that? It's funny you pointed that out because I was actually about to mention that. Like, <laughs> you know, earlier in his career, like you stated, like he wasn't really a shooter. Um, mm-hmm. And as he got older, you know, he definitely expanded his game. You saw that, and yeah. I saw it too. You know, he was definitely at first just like a pure point guard, mm-hmm. you know, setting people up. That's what he's all about. And then as his game progressed and as time progressed, he definitely became a more of an outside shooter. Of course, he didn't have the same quickness, you yeah. know, and all that. But to hear that he was a top 10 shooter, uh, you know, that's crazy. I knew, like, once again, I knew he, you know, he expanded his range, but I did not know like that. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as his impact to the game, I mean, definitely an all-around player. All around, uh, one of all the around. purest point guards we've seen. Um, yeah. I think that a lot of early comparisons, a lot of people are going to hate this, but we're seeing this with Lonzo Ball. You know, it's not about just scoring it's about how you impact the game in in different facets and yeah. you know between getting i think he was averaging what six rebounds or something like that mm-hmm. eight assists yeah you know that's in today's league you know that's not really heard of unless you're like a russell westbrook or something yeah. like that but definitely man it's a, a huge impact to the game i think he's shifting what we've what we've known about point guards he shifted that he made that where we are now you know a lot of people like i said are going to scrutinize lonzo but Trust me, just trust in the process. Like, this guy's going to be another star. He's the next Jason Kidd, um, and it, it's only time's going to tell. You know? Yeah, only time will tell, too. Um, definitely, I agree with you with that. Um, our next guy we got is Steve Nash, uh, the Canadian Bulldog. <laughs> I just made that name up on the fly. I don't know what his nickname was over there. Uh, Steve Nash is another point guard who, you know, just helped, you know, 
make the game go forward as far as making passing cool. Um, so he, you know, ended up averaging 14 points per game, nine assists, three rebounds, and shot 43% from three for his career. And I did not know that. And 90% from the free throw line. Um, he was a two-time MVP, eight-time All-Star, um, led the league in assists for five time, five times. Um, and I think he was number three all-time with assists behind Stockton and Jason Kidd. And he ended with 10,335 um, when I think of Steve Nash, I just think of like, kind of like a Steph Curry before the Steph Curry, um, as far as like having that finesse game and having the ability to shoot, um, basically from anyone on the floor. But uh, with Steve Nash, what I really liked about him was, like a Jason Kidd too, honestly, just you know changing the game, um, <laughs> changing the game, changing changing the game for the better for his teammates. Uh, you know, I remember him playing on Dallas a little bit, but. Um, I remember when he went to Phoenix, they had basically had that high-octane offense where you basically don't get the ball down the court within like seven seconds or less. Um, so it's unfortunate he couldn't get a ring or whatnot, but that shouldn't take away from his from his accomplishments, from his career at all. Um, and with Steve Nash, I think, I think people should... One thing I did like about Steve Nash, too, kind of like a Steph Curry as well, too, was he's not your, you know, stereotypical basketball player. When you think of a basketball player, you think of someone who's... Obviously tall. I think the average height is six, 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 seven. Someone who's uh, more athletic and predominantly black. But um, he found a way to make it in this league, and he lasted for a pretty damn long time. But uh, what are your thoughts on Steve Nash? I mean, once again, another <laughs> high-impact player to high the league, player, man. Yeah. Um, his passing skills were phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. I remember him most as uh, his Phoenix Suns days. Um, I used to remember that, that pick and roll with Amari Stoudemire. Like, it, once again, like it, it was just – Surreal, you know. Yeah. Once again, he's had a huge impact on the game. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he 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 grew up playing soccer. Yeah, grew up playing soccer. You know, and that definitely advanced his footwork. You know, yeah. definitely helped him out and make that transition to yeah. being more of that finesse player. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely. I mean, Steve Nash, man, it, it, definitely a Hall of Famer, clear cut. I mean, as it sh- as it shows, he was inducted, of course, but yeah. definitely, man, a pure point guard, and definitely paved the way for a lot of players today. For sure, for sure, for sure. And then last but not least, I think it's some, someone that we know a little bit more of. I'm talking about Jesus Shuttlesworth, Ray <laughs> Allen. Um, for his career, homie used to get buckets. Uh, average 19, four rebounds, and three assists. He was another guy who shot 40% for three-point line and almost made it to the 90% free throw club. Um, I think he's going to go down as one of the best pure shooters of all time. Um, Steph Curry's about to eclipse him real, real soon. Uh, but he's a two-time NBA champion, 10-time All-Star, and right now ranks number one in three-point field goals made at 2,973. Um, Ray Allen, the first memory I had of him was, I think it was in 2000. When did the Lakers sweep the 76ers? Do you remember what year that was? Mm. Was, that this, was that the third? Might have been. The three-peat. Was that the three-peat? No. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's I'm getting confused now. I want to say it, was it might 03. have been 01. 01? It may have been 01, the yeah. start of it. Yeah. Or the second time around. 01, yeah. So I remember, I think, I want to say it was the conference finals. And I think it was the 76ers versus the Milwaukee Bucks. I think this is when Ray Allen still had a hair. Um, and I just remember him and, and, and Iverson going back and forth. I did not realize that Ray Allen can actually get his bucket whenever he wanted. And I didn't realize how athletic he was. Um, but his just a uh, one thing I'm one thing I'm gonna love about him the most is not only his competitive nature but his preparation, um, and if you just watch his interviews, watch his YouTube videos on just how he you know goes about his his you know his career, his work, his job, 
um, is unmatched. You know, he's the type of guy that's the first person in the gym, last person out. Um, he's the guy, you know, you can always go to him to, you know, find help. Um, and I think with him, he's just the ultimate professional. Um, and that really goes unnoticed. And, and, and one thing I'm going to remember about him, too, is he's probably one of the most clutchest players I've had. Like, they, they always have some stuff on Instagram. If it's five seconds less, would you choose this person or that person or that person? Nine times out of ten, you know, obviously if Kobe ain't on there or MJ up there, I'm going to I'm gonna go with him, man. Um, and I, it kind of sucks that you feel like if you're a grown-ass man, you're not going to have any animosity towards another man. And when I say this, when he went to Miami, like, obviously Boston and Miami had a little bit of history. It was more so Bron getting over the hump when he was in Cleveland trying to beat them. So he went to Miami, then he finally dethroned the Boston Celtics. But I don't think you should fault Ray Allen for making a choice that's best for him and best for his family because I'm all about players who are in control of their own fate because, like you said earlier, there's no loyalty in this game. You can try to be loyal all you want, but at the end of the day, it's a business. So I think he only had a few different options. He was talking about he had Minnesota, um, he had Miami, um, he had, I think, Milwaukee again, and then another team that started with an M, I cannot, Memphis. Um, but he really wanted to join. He really wanted to come back with the Celtics, but the Celtics weren't offering that much money, and they were going to reduce his role. So, where would you want to go at this point in your career? You still have a factor. You still can, you know, make an impact on the game. Where are you going to go? Would you not want to go play with LeBron and D Wade and Chris Bosh? Like, I don't get it. Um, so, I think, I think, you know, like I said earlier, being a grown ass person, I feel like obviously, you know, you're in the heat of things. You know, it's it's looked as disrespectful or whatnot, but at the end of the day, I think you guys should just cherish all the good times you had within that Boston organization because at the end of the day, it's just a sport. Um, what do you feel about his career and everything else? Oh, I mean, once again, a huge impact. I don't know how many times we're going to say that. <laughs> well, you keep going. But, um, I mean, you'll, you'll hear it all today. Like, so many players have modeled their game after Ray Allen. What you mentioned, Steph Curry, mm-hmm. uh, he's more than likely going to eclipse that mark in, he's in getting no time. Close, no too. time. He's yeah. getting pretty close. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Once again, man, um, one of the purest jump shooters I've ever seen or, or witnessed. Um, definitely paved the way for a lot of the younger generation. Again, um, he's he's set the precedent, man. Um, Steph Curry is arguably one of the best shooters, and Ray Allen's right alongside him. Um, pure three point shooter. Just and you mentioned his early in his career. I mean, if you guys see the highlights, it's it's actually crazy. He, <laughs> he was he was much more than what we we were used to seeing a three point yeah. shooter. This guy was a slasher. He dunk on you in a heartbeat. Um, Ray Allen, man, once once again going down as the purest jump shooter or one of the purest jump shooters we've seen. Yeah, and and uh, he definitely, obviously, he's number one on three point list. But I had a top five, uh, you know, shooters of all time. Um, I, no particular order. I got Steph Curry, Ray Allen, Clay Thompson, Reggie Miller, and I, I kind of like watching Kings growing up a little bit. So I got Paige Ostojakovic. How you feel about that top five right there? I mean, it to me that's it's right along the lines. I mean. This is clear cut. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, the, I mean, come on, Reggie Miller, like Pierce, you know, shoot, we saw what he did in, yeah. in a little bit of time to bring him back. I mean, Clay, I mean, he has one of the prettiest jump shots I've seen, yeah. you know, and it, it doesn't change. No matter how, how fast he gets his shot off, it doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Paige Stoyakovic, I grew up watching him as well. I mean, yeah. come on, man, this guy's a lights out shooter. Lights out. You know, and this top five that you mentioned, I, I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to debate. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, there might be somebody with this on the edge. <laughs> But, um, you know, once again, this this top five that you have is, I, I agree with it. You know, these guys are some of the purest shooters that come through, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm 
it's only a matter of time before we see a couple of more. But right now, I think that top five is fine. For sure. Appreciate it, man. Um, now we can go back into, you know, the current days now. <laughs> Enough of the Hall of Fame, paying homage to all of them. But it's 2018, man. Uh, so, first and foremost, before I even get into Russell Westbrook and his whole predicament, I just want to give him a shout out. Him and his wife are just announced that they're having twin girls. Um, that's crazy. Um, having a third child and two, like, in two together is, 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 is a blessing, but uh, props to him. But um, there was some breaking news a couple of days ago. Um, Russell Westbrook had to undergo surgery. He actually had arth- arthroscopic surgery, correct me if I'm wrong, arthroscopic surgery uh, to, pre- to repair his right injured knee. Um, so right now he's set to miss the preseason. Um, apparently, I don't know if it was something that was lingering or, you know, through you know, those scrimmages we've been seeing on social media, all over social media, but he was feeling some stiffness in his knee. Um, so they, you know, thought that it would be best to, you know, get get it taken care of now. Um, so a lot of people are, you know, saying a lot of things. Well, A, you know, Russell Westbrook, you know, he's had this knee injury before. Um, to let you guys in on some stuff, um, he's only missed, I think, all right, so a few things. So, he first originally got hurt in 2013. So before even, but when he got drafted, he never missed a play. I mean, he never missed a regular season game ever. It wasn't until uh, the infamous, I think his name is Beverly. What's his first name? Patrick. Patrick Beverly <laughs> had a cheap shot on him in the playoffs. And after that, um, the rest is history. Um, I think he missed a couple games. I remember Katie, um, the year Katie got an MVP, Russell Westbrook really won't there that whole time and he carried the team. Uh, but since then, um, I think since the 2015, 2016 season, he's been, he's been pretty damn durable and he only missed five games. So um, one thing I want to ask you, a couple things I want to ask you, obviously he's getting older, he's 30 years old and one of the most common injuries is your knee. Um, and with the player that's, that's that athletic as him, does he have to finally – change up his game and not, you know, go zero to a hundred or play at a hundred percent all the time. Um, and how do you, how do you feel? Like, do you think this is going to affect OKC? Um, what can we expect from Dennis Schroeder? Um, you know, PG just signed that extension. Is he a little worried too? Um, just tell me your whole thought process behind everything, man. Well, first and foremost, with this injury, um, I don't think it warrants any concern. Mm -hmm. Um, the reason I say that is because, um, this is not an ACL injury. Yeah, you know, one of the most common injuries in the NBA right now. Yeah. Um, this is arthroscopic surgery. Um, I think that one is kind of common. I, I think Lonzo Ball, I hate to keep mentioning Lonzo. Yeah. As you can see, I'm a Lakers fan. <laughs> but I, I think um, I think he just had arthroscopic surgery as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, once again, I think Patrick Beverly might have had some kind of surgery on his knee. Yeah, he um, tore his meniscus too. Oh, he tore his meniscus. He okay. Tore, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, think, I don't think this warrants any concern. Um, to miss the preseason... I hate to compare sports, but we see this with the NFL. Players get hurt in the preseason all the time. Yeah. You know, I don't really think, like, once again, I don't think it's a concern. He's been working out all summer up mm-hmm. until this point. Yeah. You know, we've seen videos. Yeah. Same player. Um, as far as going 0 to 100, does he need to slow down? Not at all. I think that if he slows down, he won't be himself. Yeah. Like, his game is going 100 miles per hour, full force, you know what I'm saying? Cutthroat, lethal. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's his game. Um, as far as Dennis Schroeder, I mean, he's a very interesting character. Um, I think he averaged like 19 before he even um, went over to OKC. Yeah, I mean, Dennis Schroeder, since he's coming to the league, he's always been, I want to say a solid point guard, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, one of the things that's hindered him is his ability to shoot. You know, um, 
and it's only so much you can do if you don't have an outside jumper and so forth. But I mean, he's a, he's a slasher. He gets to the to the cup with no problem. Um, I think that with Russell Westbrook out, I think of course he has to step up. I mean, he's been a starter, yeah. so you know I think this is a good opportunity for him to kind of set the precedent, show OKC that and all the fans that he's still got it. Yeah. Um, but I think in this in this situation, he's definitely going to have to take a step back, and PG will of course take the reins. Yeah. He's going to be the number one guy. He has to be mm-hmm. um, in this situation and the caliber player we expect. Yeah. And he is. We you know he you has he's to ready be. for that. Oh, definitely. I mean, he was the number one guy for Indiana. Yeah. Um, you know, we've saw some some crazy highlights of you know when he was going up against LeBron. Yeah, um, all those were close ass. Yeah, games giving too. him a run for his money, man. Um, so definitely, I don't think this is uh, any pressure on him. You know, uh-huh. he's he's been a star. Yeah. You know, he's had the media behind him. You know, always scrutinizing him for this, that, and the third, or either praising him. So once again, I, I, this is no added pressure for him. This is a part of the job. This is a part of being a super well a star. Can't say a superstar. Yeah. Uh, since the injury, <laughs> no superstar. That's debatable. Um, but once again, I think, like I say, it comes with the job. In, in this case, it comes with the territory. Cool. So let's say, hypothetically speaking, if Russell Westbrook misses two to three weeks um, going into the regular season, is OKC going to be in trouble? Because you know, in the West, if you lose one or two games in a row, you're liable to be going from one seed to you know the bottom of the, the seeds. And so what, how, how do you feel about that? Um, I mean, once again, Dennis Schroeder is a capable point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want to say that they're going to have that much of an impact. I mean, he's going to have an impact, of course, because it's Russell Westbrook. Yeah. He is OKC. Yeah. He's definitely impacted the game and the way they play. But I do think that uh, Schroeder is a capable point guard that he'll be able to maintain. I don't think that, you know, without him, that they'll just, you know, plummet too yeah. bad. You know, yeah. they might lose a couple games here and there. But, you know, you got to remember it's an 82-game season. Um so if they start out slow, it happens. But mm-hmm. once again, I think Shorter is capable, and I think PG uh, is definitely capable of upticking or up, you know, his scoring. So you know, you could easily see you know twenty five plus from PG at night. Yeah, and I'm curious too. This is, I mean, it still deals with Russell Westbrook. I feel like when he comes back, do you obviously like one of the biggest knocks on Russell Westbrook is basically like his decision making towards the end of games mm-hmm. um, and how he's not a true natural point guard. Um, do you think now with the addition of Dennis Schroeder? Uh, when it's like you know five six minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, do you do you think Dennis Schroeder is actually going to play in that small ball unit and have him and Russ sharing the point guard duties? I have stuff to say right now. <clears throat> I, I, I do see it first. Yeah, I want to see it first, but mm-hmm. I definitely think that Schroeder takes some of that pressure off him. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, I, if I'm not mistaken, I, I know Westbrook plays a lot of the game, if not majority of it. Like forty minutes. Yeah, forty <laughs> minutes. Yeah, exactly. So I think what what bringing in Schroeder definitely alleviates some of that stress and pressure. And you're talking about the knee. Should he be going 100 miles per hour? This will help. I mean, he'll be able to get some more breaks in. We're having a capable backup point guard yeah. to kind of control things. So I think, you know, it'll be fine, you know. Yeah, and they say he's been working on – I think Russell Westbrook has been working on his set shots. So he may be playing off ball a lot. Who knows? Nah. nah. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I think that what that'll do is obviously add another dynamic to his game. Um, but ultimately, I think he's going to be that – going to the rim hard mm-hmm. and you know of course he's got the mid-range jump shot down yeah. pat I think adding this outside shot just makes him more of a threat yeah, if he can be consistent we don't want you to be a 40% three-point shooter we know you're not going to be one but if you can be like 36 to 40 that would be that would be solid oh, you know what I'm saying that would be solid um do you think they're going to be better than last year um with Melo not being there anymore and them not having to focus on him 
I think that's tough to say. I mean, they're in the West. Um, West, man, West. I don't know, man. I, I really don't see them improving too much. I mean, a, a lot of the talks was like, oh, Roberson wasn't there <laughs> defensively. And that's about all he's been, is defense, defense you know. Yeah. So uh, I, I want to say they will probably stay the same, you know, mm-hmm. if not one, one or two seats lower. Um, I think that, I mean, once again, they, they just didn't make enough moves to me to, to – to show that they would be that much better. Yeah. Um, do I think they have a run for the championship? Not at all. Mm-hmm. You know, um, once again, you gotta gotta do something drastic to to kind of get over the hump in this situation. Um, and just resigning PG and dropping Melo, I don't think that's enough. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. You know, I'd say they definitely are a better defensive team um, without Melo. Um, and it kind of just sucks that, you know, when you add DeMarcus Cousins to the Warriors, you know, they got a chance this year. <laughs> yeah, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, they, they've entered uh, Jeremy Grant to that starting power forward That's role. someone I like, too. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I think he's going to up his game, too. You always saw glimpses of him last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if he can work on his jump shot, um, he has all the tools to be a great player. He's very athletic, very long, um, great defensive player. So if he can come with that energy um, and bring his game to another level, I think he's going to be good. And I don't know who the, who's that other rookie that they drafted last year. Uh, but Andre Robeson got hurt before they got Corey Brewer. They had some rookie. Or I think he may have been a rookie or like a second. Abrinas? Not Abrinas, not the white um, dude. You said another white No, not the white dude. Oh, not the white dude. <laughs> uh, I can't think of his name. Um, oh, um, Ferguson? Ferguson. Yeah. I think he's going to get a little better too this year. So. Oh, I mean, I think he's definitely going to get some uptick yeah. in, in minutes. Um, yeah. I think, well, like you said, Jeremy Grant is a lengthy defender. Yeah. Um, I think he he's definitely going to aid them on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Offensively, I think he's known for being an around-the-rim type guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think he's going to have to, like you say, develop an outside shot mm-hmm. um, to be really, really effective. Um, but once again, I mean, he's a lengthy defender. I think he'll add that dynamic on defense yeah. that they're looking and for. And one thing about OKC, like, although they don't get these marquee free agents, obviously, you know, they always built in-house. Um, they draft pretty – Pretty solidly, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, they had Reggie Jackson, KD, James Harden, uh, Russell Westbrook. Um, they drafted Anders Cantor, who's pretty damn good for them too. Um, also had Stephen Adams, uh, Jeff Green. So I think um, if these if these guys if these guys you know play within their system and you know work on their game, um, let that translate over into the real game time uh, basketball. I think I think they'll be okay, but. Uh, we're definitely going to see what is good with that. Um, next topic I want to talk about, um, we're going to focus on the Timber Bulls. <laughs> um, so for, the, for those of you guys who don't know, Tom Thibodeau, um, the head coach for the Chicago, I mean, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, he signed Luol Deng, and I know you're happy as hell. <laughs> um, so basically, he's the latest former Chi-Town um, ball player that's going to be you know, reunited with Coach Tibbs and uh, for those of you guys who don't know, um, Lou Ordain will be joining Jimmy Butler, Taj Gibson, and D. Rose. Um, and he was only in about two seasons. I think he was just two seasons into his four-year $72 million deal um, with L.A. But apparently, I think they waived him September 1st, um, and they reached a buyout. So I guess now you guys are going to have more cap room space, right? Of course. So that's great. Um, so you guys can definitely sign a free agent. Maybe another... Who knows how that's going to go or whatnot. Um, but Lou Dang, do you think he adds to Minnesota? Um, obviously, I think he's still I think he can still be a solid player. 
And I think the fact that he didn't play on the Lakers, I think they want kind of wanted to tank a little bit left. I mean, t- tank a little bit to get some higher draft picks. But um, do you think it's going to be a good mesh with the current players? And how do you feel about coaches like a coaches just having a lot of loyalty um, to past players? Well, I mean, first and foremost, what Thibodeau is doing is he's getting these players that he he knows the players that he's coached in Chicago, and I don't know if that's necessarily the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Luol, I will say this, he's an NBA player, yeah. you know, for a reason. I'm not going to sit here and say he doesn't have anything left in the tank. Um, simply, it was just the Lakers organization, that wasn't the direction they were trying to go in. Yeah. Um, once they realized, of course, the young talent, um, they wanted to give him a chance. You know, we, we, we know what Luol brings to the table, which is why we gave him such a lucrative contract. Um, Moscow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the, some of that stuff was desperation at that mm. point. We couldn't get anybody in, so, um, you know, we went out and signed people out yeah. of desperation. Yeah. But... Once again, I mean, Luau's always been a solid player throughout his career from what I've seen from mm-hmm. him. So I, I, I think that it's a solid pickup because I think he only signed for, what, $2.4 million or yeah. something like that. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like he was an expensive player. Yeah. But once again, I just don't know if that's necessarily the right thing to th- let necessarily the right thing to do. I mean, just going out there and say, oh, you know, I've coached you. I'm going to go ahead and pick you up. Eh, you know, it could go either way. Yeah. But I, I, I will say this. I, I, I do say, I see him maybe averaging maybe 10 to 15 points a game. I can see that. Maybe, off maybe. You know, that's the, off the bench, of course. Probably you know, 10, maybe 10, 12, probably, 10, probably 10. Yeah, 10, yeah, 10, 15 is a stretch. Yeah. But <laughs> probably 10. Um, and once again, only time will tell if he still has something in the tank or not. Mm-hmm. Um, we, it wasn't that he was hurt or anything with the Lakers. Once again, it was just not the direction they were going in. Yeah. So, I mean, they could use another wing player um, that's like a 3 and D. He's probably going to play more so at a 4 now, be a stretch 4. But um, I think that's one of the – I think one of the reasons why he wants to do that is to definitely um, help add that veteran presence in the locker room as well too and possibly wanting to keep Jimmy Butler. And that's what I want to talk about next. Uh, Jimmy Butler uh, is going to be an unrestricted free agent heading into – the um, 2019-2020 season. So right after this upcoming season is over, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Um, and he actually turned down a four-year extension that was going to give him a little bit over $110 million um, in hopes. Oh, he turned it down because he had hopes of basically getting a bigger contract, which I'm not even mad at. Um, so one thing I want to say is he's supposed to be meeting with Coach Thibodeau, uh, I think tomorrow in L.A. They're supposed to be in Minnesota, but they're about to be in L.A. Um, and basically, they're going to talk about his future. And basically, um, he's basically going to pour everything out on the table. And basically, I think Coach Thibodeau is trying to see what direction he wants to go in. Um, how do you feel about this? Do you think he wants to be traded? Do you think the organization should trade him or really see what they can do? Because they show you glimpses of what they could do with Jimmy Butler, obviously. Um, and I was looking at some stats right now. His presence is really felt. Um, apparently, <laughs> without him off the court, without him off the court, um, they were ninth offensively. And then when he was on the court, they were number one offensively. And as far as the defensive defensive efficiency goes, they were dead last defensively when he was off the court. Um, and then they were top 15 on the court. And then their net efficiency NBA rank um, off the court, they were 25. And then obviously on the court, they were second. So he's definitely a high-impact um, player that can definitely change the dynamic of a game. Um, and, you know, we'll see. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jimmy Butler? you think he should stay? you think he should go? Obviously, they have some – 
problems in the locker room. You know, they they've been reports saying that you know, Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins don't have that quote unquote heart and they don't have that dog in them. Um, I don't. I personally think he doesn't want to be there, but I think he wants to compete at the end of the day, and he ha- he kind of knows that he's going to be a free agent at the end of the day. So um, I guess the table is really on on the organization because you can trade him, but what assets are you going to get back? You're going to have to pull a kind of like a Kawhi. Obviously, Kawhi want to go to L.A. I think Toronto was a good, you know, a good trade because San Antonio did get some stuff back. But it's like you can only trade Jimmy Butler but so many places because if you're a young team, you're not going to want to pick him up. <laughs> if you're a young team, you want to know that he's going to give you his word that he's going to actually stay there instead of having to rebuild the next year and lose your assets. Um, but what are your thoughts on all this? Well, I think it's nothing wrong with wanting more, especially mm-hmm. seeing these lucrative deals oh, sure. um, as of late. Uh-huh. Um, so in that aspect, I see no issue with that. Um, I think Jimmy Butler is one of the top two-way players in the game, as you can see, like the way he affects the game offensively and defensively. Yeah. Um, so that's without a question, without a doubt. He's an all-star. We've actually seen him rise to the top as yeah. becoming a star, Hard man. Hard work pays uh, off, man. Definitely. We've seen that. So yeah. I see nothing wrong with what he's doing. Um, there is a lot of speculation that he wants to play with Kyrie. In New York. In New York. Um, <laughs> hey, Brooklyn, hey, Brooklyn's going to have some cap space, too. Yeah, They got a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. And um, also, <laughs> you know, he wouldn't mind playing with LeBron, or at least there's speculations of a potential target of him. So... Um, you know, I think that ultimately it just comes down to team commitment, you know, having everyone on the same page. And I think that's what he's looking for. I think he's tired of, of coming up short, tired of losing, you know, what first round, you know, not really getting far in the playoffs. But I think. it's crazy because Harper cutting you off, he, he literally missed like what, like 20, 30 games last year. Yeah. And I think before he got hurt, they were like a top four seed. Um, so who knows who, who's to say if he didn't get injured and they got a, a three or four seed. They're playing a different team. They're getting. They're advancing to the next round. They have a better matchup. We don't know. I mean, you also have to look at the you know the team. You know, yeah. Carl Anthony Towns is a star. You know, yeah. what I'm saying we we know that. Yeah. Um, Butler questions his mentality. You know how he feels about the game. Dude, his passion. His love for in it. Houston. I thought that in the Houston season, I thought he was going to outplay Capella. I mm-hmm. thought he was going to outplay Nene. <laughs> he didn't show up till what the last game. Yeah. So that's what, you know, those are the things we're talking about. And that's, I think those are the things that Jimmy's looking at as well. Um, I think it's going to be tough, you know, with this generation. We're growing up, we're playing, everybody's playing video games, whether it be Fortnite, PUBG, whatever it is. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, And that's just how it is. A lot of, a lot of us, you know, we, that's how we spend our downtime. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to knock Cat for that. And the Cat's probably what, 19, 20, maybe 21? I think he's 21. Yeah, he's fairly young. So like, you got to understand, like, for that age, there's not, yeah, he's, he's you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it for Jimmy, he's looking at the outlook of the team and how where he sees the team going in the future. And quite frankly, I don't see them doing much, you know, mm-hmm. much more than what they're doing. Simply because you know, you give Wiggins this mu- this crazy amount of money, he doesn't, he's not doing anything. Nothing. You know what I'm saying? Inconsistent. Yeah, he's inconsistent. I mean, really, it's just Jimmy and, and Cat. You know, when he when he and Cat is capable of dropping numbers as we saw. Twenty and ten guy. Yeah, you know, twenty and ten guy. But I think the surrounding the supporting cast, you know, it's just they're not that good. Yeah, it's it's just iffy. And I think the, in the sense of Jimmy Butler thinking about if he's in his prime right now, which I think he probably is. Oh yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with looking at other options, mm-hmm. especially when you're talking about competing for a championship. And I know earlier I mentioned this, the idea of super teams, and we're seeing a lot of super teams. So 
it's really when you have that option, it's in your best interest to consider that. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you feel that you have a chance or a shot at winning the championship yeah. or a shot at shaking things up, why mm-hmm. not? You yeah. know, so I can't blame him. Um, once again, I think it was another thing when he initially signed. It was knowing the coach and knowing his style, but I think that it's just the supporting cast. You don't really have enough to get you over that hump again. Once again, this is another Western Conference team that doesn't have what it takes to get over that hump. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, adding LeBron James to the mix, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just another hump you have to get over. So I, I, I see no, no issue with him looking for mm-hmm. another option. Kyrie maybe teaming up in the East. See no problem with it. I think it's at the end of the day, it's business, it's basketball. And if you want to ring, sometimes you got to leave to do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that once again, it's perfectly fine. I think that you really have to look at the dynamic, the outlook of the team and say, hey, where, where do I think we're going to go? Mm-hmm. So. Now, question for you. So, you're Coach Thibodeau. Obviously, you control if you can trade or not, who, who you know, who comes in, whatever, whatever. Um, and not only you're the coach, too. If you have this talk with Jimmy Butler tomorrow and Jimmy Butler – basically says he's not going to – what if he bullshits you? What if he says he's going to be committed this year, he'll see where the team goes from there? Like, do you have pressure to trade him right away, or, like, what are you going to do? Uh, I mean, this is quite common now. Uh, <laughs> when, you, when you have these situations, um, as a general manager, as someone who has control of the team, you have no choice but to consider a trade. Yeah. Um, and I think we'll probably see it sooner than later, especially if this conversation goes south with Thibodeau. Um, Because at the end of the day, a team would rather get something for you than let you walk away for free. You know, we've seen that. Kyrie was unhappy, got traded. You know what I'm saying? Kawhi is unhappy. Openly stated he was unhappy. (laughs) Did he openly state that? Yeah, he openly stated. (laughs) He wanted to go to L.A., you know what I'm saying? So. Rather than keep him on the roster and let it play out and say, oh, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes, mm-hmm. you trade him. Yeah. So um, I think it's bound to happen. I think there are going to be suitors for him, of course. Um, I don't think it's in the Timberwolves' best interest to let him hit the free agency market. I think that if they, like I said, once again, if things go south, got to trade him. It's just in in your best interest. It only makes sense for you to get something back from. Him. And it's crazy because they're having, oh, he's going to get traded to the Lakers. I don't. Quite frankly, I don't want him to the Lakers. I like you guys as a young talent. And I feel like if you if you get rid of – like, who are you going to get rid of? Like, if he goes to the Lakers, I don't want to trade away Ingram. Well – I don't want to trade away Kuzma. I'm not trading away Lonzo. Well, this is Those are, That's your focal point. Yeah. That's, that's your young talent. I that's, completely agree. And, you know, I'm all for the the young core. You know, mm-hmm. I was all for it with the Kawhi thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another great point that I was about to bring up. You know, we weren't willing to trade – what the Spurs were asking for for Kawhi Leonard. What makes you think you could win? So, see, exactly. So, why would we trade for Jimmy Butler? <laughs> yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying? When we clearly had an opportunity to get a Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Somebody who's openly stated he wanted to go to L.A. So, about his demeanor, his mentality, of course he would have loved to play there. Mm-hmm. So, to me, Jimmy Butler's not on the same scale, same, you know, as a Kawhi Leonard. So, uh-huh. I definitely don't see the Lakers trading for him. It does not make sense. It, mm-hmm. it, it would be ruining... The, the entire yeah, I think it would be ruining the entire thing we kind of set you know this summer when we didn't trade for Kawhi. Mm-hmm. There was a reason for that. Yeah. So the same thing with Jimmy Butler. I don't see it happening. It doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to me. Nice, nice. I like it. 
Moving on, um, Andrew Bynum, um, you know, we're going to continue with a little bit of Lakers talk mm-hmm. right now. So there's been some videos that have been surfacing uh, with Andrew Bynum working out. Now, I feel like nowadays a lot of players just go um, and show you their highlight tape with them not missing a single shot. Um, it was kind of funny because Damian Lillard posted a video of him trolling, having like, I think he had like goggles on and was just doing some wild stuff, working out and stuff, just missing shots. Uh, so he's poking fun of it. And basically, I think what he was trying to get at was, you know, you can post all these videos, but is that going to translate to what you're going to do in the upcoming season? Uh, so what I'm trying to say is Andrew Bynum is trying to make a comeback right now. So the Lakers basically let him work out in their facility and he's hoping to come back. I don't know what team he's trying to go to, um, but there's a guy who hasn't played, I think, since 2012. And he's had a knee problem a lot. Um, and I don't even want to really talk about this that much. But I think with his skill set, he's not meant for this era of basketball. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And do you think a team will you know, be giving him a chance to come back? I mean, I completely agree with you. Um, I think the Andrew Bynum <laughs> era, I think it's over. I mean... Quite frankly, anybody can put a workout video and say, you know, I'm trying to make NBA come back. Bob Pierce just made a video. Right. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't really equate to anything. Um, I think the game is changing now where we're seeing, you know, we have the Dwight Howards trying to model his game like KD, blah, 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 you know. So I think you're definitely in a different time. You know, yeah. as far as the center, we're seeing center shoot threes now. We have hybrid centers. Yeah, now. hybrid centers. And I don't think Andrew Bynum fits that category. I know he's had a lingering knee injury since he was with the Lakers and yeah. won the championships. It's always been something that's burdened him mm-hmm. and as you can see he was out of the league for a little bit so I, I don't think it's as simple as posting a video and say I'm trying to make NBA comeback um, and to Damian Trolling like it, it, he's right I mean anybody anybody can anybody. you know what I'm saying can record a video and, and edit you know what I'm saying <laughs> I didn't miss a shot who's gonna tell me I did you know what I'm saying so I definitely think that once again it, it's it's just a hope and a pipe dream I, I don't think it it'll uh, have, speak to I don't think I don't think anything will come from it. Yeah. Um, a team as far as a team giving him a shot, and I mean maybe signing the vet minimum, you know, and, maybe. and, and seeing. I mean if there's a need, like I know the Hornets probably have a need for a center. I think they have Biombo, but they have Zeller, so maybe not. I think it would have to be a team that's like looking for a solid backup center at this point because I don't think that he would be a starting center. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, once again, we saw Andrew Bogut fall out of the league, you know, yeah. and he had won a championship with the Warriors. He fit that system. Um, and then shortly after that, he was gone. So, I don't know. I think I think his time in the NBA for right now is up. I mean, we had Kendrick Perkins in the G League, you know, talking about an NBA comeback. Hey, man, and what was – I don't know if it was last season or the season before, but – Kendrick Perkins was looking all right. Listen, <laughs> there's a reason Kendrick Perkins ain't never touched a court in Cleveland. So once again, I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, you know, it, once again, it's, it's, I don't think this is anything to to talk too much on. I think yeah. it, once again, um, it's a pipe dream. You know, once again, pipe anybody dream. can post a video and, and make it look good. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm not going to discredit him and say like you know he wasn't a Laker and won those two championships. But once again, I think that. His tenure time in the NBA is, is up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Gordon Hayward got interviewed um, by the Boston, you know, press the other day in their practice facility, and basically said that he was one hundred percent, and he and he was ready to go. He should be expected to be in training camp. Um, he should be ready to play um, the preseason games, and um, I'm excited, man. So my question for you is, what do you expect of Gordon Hayward this year? 
Um, and will he disrupt or add to the Celtics roster and overall success this year? So, uh, Gordon Hayward is an, an interesting topic right now. Um, I think that, you know, similar to Paul George, you know, he had a horrific injury. I think it's going to be something that it's going to take him a while to get back to his full self. You know, I know I've seen some videos of him dunking and so forth, but once again, I'm not sure if that was what contact and that's not an actual body in front mm-hmm. of you. So I think he's going to have a slow start. Um, but I think that in, like after, of course, maybe 20 games or so, yeah. I think that he's definitely going to impact this team and going to help them. I think he has that veteran leadership. He's, you know, he's, he's your ideal player. You know what I'm saying? He's an all-star. So I think, I think he'll be fine. I think it's just going to take some time to adjust back to NBA. Um, and then, of course, having that confidence – and, you know, not having any fear of re-injuring yourself, that kind of thing. I mean, we saw that with Paul George. Once again, he came back, but it was slowly. There's a little bit of a minute restriction. So I think he's just going to have to work himself back in there. And I think, to, you know, we'll see a dominant Celtics team. Of course, we saw it last year, what they did with their young talent. So I think I think his situation is perfect because there's no pressure for him to come back right now. We've, we've seen what Tatum can do. We've seen that Rozier can step up. So I think he's perfectly fine. Jalen Brown is great. So I think he's fine. I think this is a perfect ideal situation for him because, once again, he has, he has a slow – recovery, a slow time to come back. Like, it doesn't have to be full force right away. Like, he can ease his way back in. So, I think he'll be fine. Nice, nice. So, um, <clears throat> let's say open the season started. Um, do you have him in the starting lineup or do you have him coming off the bench? Who do you have starting for the Celtics? Well, I mean, I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, it's speculation. Um, mm-hmm. I, if he's 100% and if the coaches deem him he, he's 100%, I don't see why not. Why I wouldn't have him started. I think you could honestly run Tatum at a hybrid four. You think so? I think so. Um, but if we want to be cautious, you know what I'm saying, I could definitely understand him not being in the starting lineup. Honestly, that makes more sense to me because if I'm trying to ease my star player back into the lineup, I'm going to maybe take it easy. And once again, I feel like there's no pressure. So it, it's very it's very easy for them to say, hey, you know, come off the bench. You know, we'll give you, we're going to give you your, t- your playing time, but we're going to limit your minutes for right now and make sure you're good to go with contact. And once again, you got to remember – you got to get your stamina and stuff back up too. You know, you sit out that long and, you know, people think because you, you see all the NBA players take breaks that, you know, they're not really out there playing hard. You know, it, it takes a wear and tear on your body too. So I think once again, just getting him back in, in that kind of shape, I think that he'll be fine and they're just going to probably ease him in. Starting lineup, if it's me, I'm taking, my, I'm taking my time. I'm going to start Kyrie. I think he should be good to go. Mm. Probably Jalen Brown, Tatum, Marcus Morris, and then Horford. Okay, cool. Oh, mine was a little different too. Basically, everything the same. Starting Gordon Hayward into lineup and let Rozier and let Jalen Brown run that second unit. Yeah, I think that's interesting too. I think it just really depends on how well they mesh. Uh, we yeah, never really got a chance to it. see that um, since you got hurt fairly early into opening night. Um, so. I mean, I, I have no problem with that either. Yeah. Once again, he's had the time. I'm not going to say he didn't have the time to get everything back together. So it just depends on when he was deemed 100%. Like, you know, if he, he's had this extended amount of time, probably one of the better situations getting hurt early on. First. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, don't get me wrong for everybody listening. I'm not saying getting hurt is, is a good thing at all. No, no, no. And, of course, like, it's, it's a horrific injury. But yeah. as far as ideal or comeback, like, start of the season is ideal. Um, but once again, I think, you know, that lineup that you said is perfectly fine as well. It just depends on how they feel, you know, as far as how they should monitor him. Mm-hmm. If they feel like he's good to go, no restrictions, put him in the starting lineup. You know what I'm saying? Once again, you can run Tatum at that stretch four. 
Um, but once again, you could have the second unit. But you could also think about this too. You know, you see this with Clay Thompson. He oftentimes plays with the second unit for Golden State. So it's it's very very likely that you'll see a couple of those players playing with that second unit because you still have Marcus Smart coming off the bench. You still have. Rozier, so you get, you have a lot of pieces that you can play around with with that team, and I think that's really going to benefit them in the long run because they have so much talent now that you know they can play with different lineups. I think they'll be perfectly fine. Nice, I, I like that. That was good. That was good. Another thing I want to talk about, um, pretty, 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 pretty brief. Um, Andre Roberson has been working with a shooting coach. I think his, his, his name is Lethal Shooter. Apparently, he's helped out a lot of NBA players change their form and um, increase their percentages and whatnot. My question for you, pretty hot take: If Andre Roberson is doing what we're doing, and let's say he can be like a Bruce Bowen, your perfect three and D player. Does that take OKC to, to new heights? And obviously, you know, we had uh, Boogie Cousins join the Warriors. But in the regular season, OKC blew out the Warriors two times and two times out of four. And the third game they lost, they only lost by, I think, about five points. So I think they're a good matchup for the Warriors. But do you think if Andre Roberson can be consistent with his jump shot and improve his free throw going into this season, um, do you think OKC has a legit shot to make it to the finals or that? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, once again, uh, they have no shot at the championship. <laughs> I think I stated that earlier, but I wanted to reiterate that. Um, but, you know, once again, Lethal Shooter, I've, I've seen, like you said, a lot of players working out with him and, and he's improving their jump shots. Um, I think that Roberson does add a different – if he can add that consistent jump shot, he definitely, definitely will help OKC. I think I, I remember seeing previous games where, like, he'd be wide open because nobody's guarding him intentionally, but he'll be wide open and he's, he's just bricking. Mm -hmm. So I think that if he does develop that three-point shot or a consistent shot, he will definitely have players guarding him, of course, and definitely add another shooter to that, to that lineup and definitely help them out a lot. Mm -hmm. But as far as championship, uh, I'm not sure on that. Mm -hmm. You know, once again, regular season play is different from playoff play. Yeah. So. Even if they did blow out Golden State in the regular season, it just depends on where Golden State is mentally. You know, yeah. they take a lot of games off, and you can see it. Um, and then the finals, they tend to pick it up. So um, I think, once again, I think it definitely adds a dynamic to that team. But championship is, is, a, is a long shot. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. And, then this, and you know, I just want to continue with shooting. Uh, the Lakers released a video of Lonzo Ball uh you know, having a somewhat of a redefined shot. It looks a little bit more fluid. Um, this is a guy who was 45% from the free throw line and shot 30% from the field. Um, do you think Lonzo is going to improve his free throw percentage and his three-point shot now? What are your expectations for Lonzo Ball going into the season? <laughs> well, I mean, I think I had this conversation with someone uh, relatively recent. I yeah. mean... There's no such thing as a perfect jump shot. I mean, yeah. there's so many variations of jump shots now. Like, oh, you mean Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Martin? Yeah, like, you know, and it's all about consistency in the league, especially. So, um, Lonzo's been shooting that shot for pretty much all his life. The thing was, it just wasn't consistent in, in, in the sense that he's playing against better talent, taller players, and so forth. So, I think that him slightly changing the variation of his shot, I think that that's definitely going to benefit him expectation for Lonzo is just to get better each and every year. I think a lot of the scrutiny, a lot of the pressure, of course, was from his his dad, LeVar. Yeah. And a lot of people were just, you know, he's in the spotlight probably way more than any other rookie besides probably LeBron James. Yeah, and I was saying yeah. that a couple episodes back, too. Uh, 
He's had the most pressure on him since LeBron James. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's definitely. in the Bleacher Report skits and stuff like that. So I think it was just a lot of pressure on him to succeed now. And a lot of people kind of lost the fact that he was a rookie. And I think LeBron helps him because the pressure's all on LeBron now. Yeah, I mean, definitely. With LeBron taking on this role in L.A., definitely there's a lot of pressure on LeBron as soon as he gets there. I mean, L.A. Bron is what all you're hearing. So... LeBron's used to that. So I think what that does, like you said, it alleviates that pressure from Lonzo because now you have somebody who's willingly and openly going to take the spotlight. Has no problem doing it. Has been doing it his entire career. It's going to definitely benefit Lonzo. I think that they're going to help each other. A lot of people don't see like Lonzo helping LeBron, but I think Lonzo is, once again, a special, special point guard, um, a, a Jason kid like So I think that... It yeah, he's going to make it easier. His vision is there. We've seen that. I think LeBron is just going to help Lonzo with, of course, the mentoring. But of course... Also getting him open and, and just allowing him to shoot that jump shot. Because one thing about LeBron is it doesn't matter. You've seen him in the prior teams. He's going to pass the ball. If you're open, you're open. He's going to trust you to shoot the shot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's often been criticized, you know, late game. He doesn't take the shot. Um, so I think with this young Lakers team, you're going to have plenty of opportunities, especially with a veteran like LeBron, the best player in the world right now. <laughs> yeah. So I think that from from shooting from a shooting standpoint, I think he definitely, definitely has to increase the free throw percentage, I, I 100% agree with that. Three-point percentage, I agree as well. He needs to get it up higher. Um, just be more consistent. But I also, what I what I really want to see from Lonzo is just being more aggressive. We've seen flashes of it. When he attacks the rim, his quickness, his shiftiness to get to the rim, is, it's, it's out of this world. You know, we've seen it. Um, I think we, I just want to see more of that letter other than just flashes of it, you know, pretty much. And I think, once again, if Lonzo gets that mentality to attack – it's going to open up so many uh, paths for him as far as passing the ball to have to the open man and just getting points on the board for the team. I think we saw last year, like, he had the reins to do it. You know, all the trust was in him. He wasn't going to get pulled. He just is more of a reserve player. He's, he's more focused on those teammates, which is nothing wrong with that. But once again, when the times they needed him most to score, he just wasn't there for that. So I think, I think this year we'll definitely see the scoring up. You know, once again, as far as shooting, I think we'll see increases. You know, it, it, to go through great lengths to change your jump shot, you know, that, that shows that he's committed. He's, he's ready for it. So, I think, I think we're going to see a better Lonzo Ball, um, even better than last year. And a lot of people was like, oh, he's a bust. But think about it. Look at the stats. Yeah, Jason Kidd basically have the same numbers as rookie. Yeah, stats don't lie. And where's Jason Kidd now in the Hall right. of Fame? Okay. So, you know, I'm not going to have – I'm not going to sit here and say Lonzo Ball is a Hall of Famer, you know, in the future. But I'm saying that he has the potential to be so. He has the potential to be a great player in the league. So, I think right now, for year two, I think he'll be good to go. I think we'll see an increase in all categories. I, I mean, prime example, look at Brandon Ingram. You know, a, a lot of people were, you know, kind of criticizing him because – you know, he's supposed to be the next Kevin Durant and blah, blah, blah. He, you know, he wasn't performing to what people, people's standards. So now, I mean, look at him. You saw the increase in points. 13, I think 18. Yeah, 18, 16, 18 points like that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think, like I said, it just takes time. You know, one thing we've got to learn or know is the league is, is a different breed. You know, some of the stuff you can do in college, you can't do in the NBA. <laughs> you know, players are seasoned. You know, they're... I mean, people don't really miss shots and stuff like that. So you have a lot more leeway in college, you know, saying to miss shots and so forth. So now that the pressure's on because he's in the spotlight, of course we're going to look and say, oh, he's 30% from the field and, and blah, blah, blah. So I think once again, with time, he's only going to get better. Nice. And one question I want to ask for you, it seems like you, you obviously you have, you know, high host for Lonzo. Who starts? Um, 
does Rondo start the whole season? Does Rondo come off the bench? Does Rondo start? And then eventually, like, midway through the season, Lonzo starts? Like, how do you think this should pan out? You are the Lakers fan here, so I want to know. Lonzo Ball starts. And the reason I say that is because Lonzo has way more upside than Rajon Rondo. And um, a lot of people are going to probably disagree, and which is perfectly fine. But I think that the thing that people are missing is Lonzo adds another dynamic. Um, Rondo, of course, gives you assists, but he doesn't give you points. And, of course, a lot of people are going to say, well, Lonzo don't either. But Lonzo has a potential to give you more, I think, with this team. Now with LeBron centered around it, I think he's going to have that uptake and that uptick in minutes, of course, and as well as far as points goes as well. So I think that bringing in Rondo as that veteran presence to kind of mentor um, Lonzo mm-hmm. as well as puts that fuel under the fire. Now he knows that what I said earlier about him having that job security, now he knows that it's not necessarily his for the taking. Like you're really going to have to compete at a high level. And I think they did that strategically to bring out that mentality of attacking yeah. and, yeah. you know, scoring the ball, passing it over to man, being more aggressive. So I think that that's what that's all about. Um, and then once again, I think that Lonzo should start. I think once again, he has the most potential. We know what Rondo can do. We know we have what playoff Rondo where he goes crazy, gives you 20 assists and mm-hmm. things like that. But throughout the season, his, his numbers aren't enough for me to be like, oh, he's a clear-cut starter. You know what I'm saying? I think he's a wonderful backup in this position because I think you have to let Lonzo be Lonzo. You know, I think that you shouldn't limit him, you know, because of his rookie season, once again, let him be Lonzo. See what, you know, let him go out there and play his game this year with LeBron right there. And if he can't get it done, then then we'll talk about it. But right now, I think that Lonzo is a clear-cut starter. Nice. That was great. Um Next topic, uh, pretty pretty brief one, so we're almost done here. Um, Kawhi was spotted on social media smiling, uh, and guess who was right next to him? Kobe Bean Bryant. Um, so this is giving me high hopes. Um, and what one thing you know, I, I always talk about Kawhi at least one segment every fucking episode. It seems like, excuse my French. Um, what are your thoughts on him working out with the Mamba? Um, and what are your thoughts on him going into the season? How good can he be and how good can Toronto be and how far do you think they can go? Well, I mean, the thing with Kawhi is, um, you know, you, anybody's going to smile when Kobe Bryant decides <laughs> that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but you got to think about a Laker legend. Um, I think... He's been he's been waiting to work out with Kobe too because I remember the year when he was actually um, top three MVP candidacy. I think before the season started, they asked him a question. They're like, "Yo, um, have you checked?" Because you remember they were saying, uh, "I think Russell Westbrook, um, James, no, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and I think it was Kawhi." They were saying all worked out with Kobe, and then um, basically a reporter came out. He was like, "Nah," um, and, and Kawhi basically refuted, and he was basically like, "Nah, I didn't work out with Kobe because I wanted like." to give him his time, and he seemed like he was very busy and whatnot, but when the time comes, I'll work out with him. Um, so I think he's going to go off this year. But anyways, keep going. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I think that, once again, who's not going to smile with Kobe Bryant? Yeah. Um, I think that this is another opportunity for Kobe to kind of plant that seed to, like, come to L.A., come to L.A., you yeah, know? A yeah, you know, kind of subliminal, but you, that, that's how I feel. Um, as far as Toronto, um, I've always felt that Toronto had what it took in a sense, but they just, in the playoffs, like, they just never showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Kawhi is going to give you a different dynamic. Um, 
definitely going to take the reins. He's going to be the number one guy. I think that this is, for Toronto's sake, this is exactly what they needed because DeRozan nor Lowry was that guy in the playoffs. It was just like they were non-existent. And you're thinking, like, these guys are all-stars? Where are they at? You know, so I think that this is a perfect opportunity for him to showcase he still got it after this injury, whether it was, you know, a real injury that lingered this long or it's just, the, you know, the bad taste in the mouth from what the Spurs organization. I think, once again, this is a perfect opportunity. I think, I mean, a lot of people have already said it, you know, this team is top three in the East right now. You know, I think, I think, man, Kawhi, it really, it's really up to him, you know, his play, I think that he's going to determine the, the outlook, the output of this team. I think that, once again, top three team. And they're definitely in talks for Eastern Conference Finals right now. You know, with Kawhi Leonard as the star, you know, the guy, the star, superstar, superstar. Yeah. You know, so I think that, you know, once again, this team is going to be a force to reckon with in the East. Um, yeah, so what do you think his stats are looking like? And what do you think they finish as far as um, overall seeding in the East? Um, Seeing that he had kind of like a full season, he only played, what, nine games last season? Yeah. Um, I think he has no choice but to average around 23 to 25 points a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he got he got to go he got to ball out because if he don't ball out, Lakers ain't going. Well, him. that's my point. I mean, on top of that, I think he's more than capable. You yeah. know, he's put up similar numbers. Um, yeah. He's a dominant force, two way player once again. Um, so incredible talent. So I think that that that's what he's going to be putting up probably around twenty three to twenty five points a game. I think we saw Bradley Beal average what twenty three or twenty two or something like that last yeah. season. So. Um, and Bradley Bill, I think, is, you know, if if not a star, very close. And I think Kawhi is a superstar. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm expecting superstar numbers from him. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, too, before we um, wrap that up with the whole Kawhi segment, um, a lot of players like to – a lot of players and a lot of fans, a lot of whoever, whoever, they like to say that, oh, well, he may not be this successful this year because he was always in Coach Pop, Coach Pop's system. Do you think he's going to debunk that? Well, you know, Pop has a way. You yeah. know, if it's not Pop's way, it's, you know, the door, you yeah. know. And, and we've seen that, but I think Kawhi's a special talent. I think that, you know, regardless of where he's at, he's going to be able to do what he wants. I mean, I think a lot of his play... It was what ISO. I, yeah, it was ISO. Yeah. I mean, he can get to the rim yeah. at ease. So I think as far as... Popovich system, I think he'll be perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of how he plays. Like, he, he not only gets his points, you know, just by shooting and stuff, but he can drive... And he's a defensive guy, so he'll get steals and might lead to some points off turnovers. So he's definitely going to be fine. I think he's one of the premier players in the league, and I think that it's some things you just can't coach. Mm-hmm. And I think that's with a lot of players, like Kobe Bryant. You can't coach some of that stuff. It's just in them. So I think he's right along those lines. It, you know, Coaching has a big effect on a lot of players, but he's one of those players where a lot of his stuff is stuff you can't coach. And I think that whether regardless of the system, he'll be perfectly fine. Nice, nice, nice. Um, and then before we wrap the little things up, uh, there's been rumors. Um, I think it just came out. I just, I think I took a screenshot of that. Did I take a screenshot of that? All right, so there was a source. Um, I can't remember his name. Oh, Brandon Robinson. He spoke to a source today, and they confirmed that just like LeBron planned his move to L.A. a year or more earlier, KD um, is doing the same thing right now. They want to form the best duo in the NBA set up KD to be the face of the Lakers post. Um, and then like a week ago, basically, a couple reporters, a couple people were saying that Klay Thompson may be the actual best fit uh, for LeBron James and for the Lakers. Out of Kawhi, out of KD, out of Klay, not, not, throwing aside who's the best player, who do you think is the best fit for the Lakers' future? 
See, that's a tough one. Um, if you're talking about right now and you're not talking about post-LeBron, um, I'm going to have to say Clay simply because LeBron needs to be surrounded by shooters to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen that. And once again, I was talking about how he's a pass-first kind of guy. LeBron wants shooters around him. I think we saw in Cleveland that he, you know, got Kyle Corver there and, he, you know, turned Kevin Love into a jump shooter, you know what I'm saying? So as far as the ideal fit, I would say Klay Thompson just because he's a pure shooter, you know, and LeBron, of course, would trust him to pass the ball to him to knock down a three. That's just how it is. Um, but if we're talking about, you know, right now in post-LeBron, it, it's tough to say, but... Um, I, I just, I really don't see him and Katie coexisting, seeing their play styles. But then again, I don't know. I'm going to take that back because LeBron James could, you know, definitely take a step back and say, here, you know, kind of like how D-Wade was like, all right, this is your I team. So I, 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 I'm going to retract my statement and say maybe in this situation, I think KD, because we've seen that KD has no problem. You know, not being the number one guy, like being a team player. We saw like with Golden State how his defense has, you know, been out the roof tremendously blocking shots and so forth. So I think in this situation, seeing where LeBron is right now, I think, once again, if we're talking about right now, not post Clay Thompson, but we're talking about right now, post LeBron, the best chances of winning going forward, I, I probably would have to say KD because I think now that I th- think about it, they could coexist. I think that LeBron would definitely take a seat back or say, take a step back and say, here, Katie, you take the team, but I'm still going to do my thing too. You know, I think, I, I think, yeah. But as far as this actually happening, I don't know. Yeah, I don't see KD leaving the go to say Warriors yeah, yeah. when you have I'm, a chance to get multiple rings. Right, right, and I think that's another thing you have to look at. Yeah. Um, if it, is it plausible to me? <laughs> Minimum, because simply saying right now, Golden State is the clear-cut favorite. But you also have to think about this, um, which w- kind of makes it a little bit believable, is that they're not going to be able to pay everybody. Oh, yeah. Boogie about to rock. Right. He just want to get that ring, prove he's, prove, prove he's out there again, and he's going to get a max somewhere else. Right. And, you know, I, I kind of don't think that uh, Clay would, would leave Golden State because I think his father said that he, Clay was going to retire uh, a warrior. Yeah. Clay, Clay wants to be a warrior yeah. for the you know for remaining. Clay wants to too. Yeah, so I, I think in in a sense, like Clay would take a pay cut, of course. Draymond's not taking a pay. Cut. Draymond, on the other hand, is not. But you know, if it, it's just one of those things where they can't pay everyone, so you kind of have to see how it plays out. But. Um, you know, I could definitely see KD being stretched for. You know, yeah. it's it's nothing. You know, yeah. especially with this this uh, positionless basketball we're in now. So um, I think only time would tell. I think that if we had, once again to answer your question, I would have to say for right now in post, I would have to say KD. No Kawhi, or he has to prove to you. No, I mean Kawhi doesn't have to prove anything. I think that KD right now is he's the, on another. Yeah, he's on another level. Yeah. Um, I, I've never seen a guy do what he does <laughs> and so efficiently, um, you know, and it's, effort, it's effortless, Dead you know. So I think that, you know, especially with the younger core around him too, oh, man, he'll be fine. I think KD will definitely be fine. Um, but then again, it would be another situation where going forward, he might have to bring it. He might have to have another person, just depending on where this young talent goes at that point. But, mm-hmm. I mean, KD, I mean, he scores with ease. It's effortless. It's actually very sick to watch. Um, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like I've never, like I said, I've never yeah, seen someone, you know, with ease just score in your face. You can you play, play as much defense as you want. He will shoot the jump shot in your face, and you can't do anything about it. So I think once again, Katie. 
Alright, like it. And just to wrap it up, last topic of the day, NBA 2K19 has just released in the stores last week. You either got the gold edition with King James, or you got the standard edition, uh, being me and my cheap ass, and waited until <laughs> five days later to get that joint with Ante DeCupo. What are your thoughts on 2K, man? I know you love that shit. I love that shit. The fans love this shit. Um, one of the most popular you know, selling games in the market right now um, in the past couple of years. What are your thoughts on 2K? Let me know. I mean, aesthetically, 2K has always been, it's, well, right now, it's, it's great. I mean, it, it looks phenomenal. The gameplay is wonderful. Um, I think uh, one thing I noticed with 2K is, like, you know, no, year to year, they don't make crazy changes or huge changes. It's really subtle changes, but it definitely affects the gameplay and, and everything. So I think this year, they did the same thing. It wasn't any drastic changes. But it more so was those subtle changes that really affected the gameplay. I think that the AI is definitely smarter. <laughs> I think the uh, the defense is definitely better. Um, Hall of Fame is actually quite OD, not gonna lie. <laughs> um, and I think that you know once again this is kind of pointing out the flaws of some of these players that we have in the world today. So you're really gonna have to step your game up, you know, and you know you're really gonna have to kind of change the dynamic of your game and kind of be more of a finesse player as we were talking about. So mm-hmm. once again, I love it. I like what they did. I actually played the live demo. I know we got a lot of live stands, but... I, I didn't even get to play it because I think I was trying to like upload my face and it didn't work, so I couldn't actually play. Right, right. Um, I had how, trouble with that how too. How was the demo? I mean, to me, I, I say this all the time. It's cheesy. I mean, I say this all the time. I think that you got to remember that live has certain rights. So things aesthetically look a little better. They have, I think, TD Garden in there and so forth. They have the ESPN music and all that stuff. It was dope. Don't get me wrong. And I do like some some pieces of their gameplay. I think some of the stuff they do like is... What? Uh, I think more so just like kind of like the contact. It feels a little bit real, a little bit more realistic than what uh, 2K does. Um, And a a couple of other movements are like really, really good. But I think um, ultimately to me, like you said, it just wasn't real for me. I didn't get that that feeling of what they were doing is real. I just didn't, didn't feel like a real simulation. Exactly, basketball. exactly. Whereas two K feels real. Yeah. Um. It the gameplay is is great too, and, and that's another thing about live. Like it, it feels great. You know what I'm saying? It's seamless, but once again, it just wasn't for me. It wasn't real enough for me. Whereas two K is real. Um. And it's it's crazy. Like how time has gone on and how the game has progressed. It's it's crazy. I think once again, it's just going it's going to take a lot. To, to kind of get it, get it down. Um, I mean, of course, you're playing another player. is a little different. But, um, you know, just in general, I think it's smarter AI. I think they've definitely upticked the AI. So I think it's, one, once again, it's probably clear cut. You played uh, My Player and all that yet? Yeah, I, I played the My Player. Um, I really haven't had a lot of time to dive into it. Um, it's always full time, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Working this job, man. It's kidding. It's like but, um from what from what I've seen, man, the, you mentioned the face scan, bro. It was seamless. Like it, it looks spot on. Um, I really love it. Uh, there's some things that like the slam ball feature. I kind of wish they had brought out the actual trampolines and the kind of that court thing. But yeah. um, other than that, man, it's, it's crazy what you can do in the uh, in the neighborhood and how they're just up in that every year. I think that I mean that's taking a lot of people's time is the the, the pro am stuff. So yeah. and then the the, uh, the idea or the opportunity to kind of be a part of the the, the official league team. So. Um, you know, it's definitely it's great. I mean, they're, they're they're up in the ante every year, um, and so far so good. I like it. Like I said, I like the story. I like mm-hmm. what they've done. They finally listen to the fans. Allow you to cut the <laughs> allow you to skip the cutscenes and all that. So, I mean, once again, I love it. Nice. Well, I love this episode, man. Um, thanks for being on the show, Giovanni. Any any closing remarks? Any anything you want to say? 
Oh, man, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you for allowing me to be on the show, you know. Um, once again, I didn't know that, you know, you've been waiting for me to be on the show for so long. But once again, man, I greatly appreciate it. And, um, and I'm happy to be here and happy to do this with you. So Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, man. Definitely when I go to video, you're going to, you know, definitely have to hop on this again, too. Um, but with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to episode 38 of the Caesar Show. Make sure to follow me on all forms of social media at Sir Caesars. That's S-I-R-S-E-E-Z-U-S. I'm available on iTunes, Podcast Connect, and SoundCloud. I'm working on getting on Spotify right now. But just go ahead and follow me, you know, rate, comment, like, share the love, do what you got to do to make this joint popping. Because I think if I stay consistent and have that passion, um, I think, you know, we can we can do a little something, something. But until then, 